joined once again by my good friend Paige Schechter, who has the Facebook group. If you haven't checked it out before, you should. Uh, sibling Cinema. And if you want to chime in and tell us a little bit about uh, Sibling Cinema as a refresher for those who may have missed the last <laughs> episode. <laughs> okay. Well, hi, Adam. Um, I'm thrilled to be back again. Sibling Cinema was created by my sister Leia and myself because we love talking about movies and TV and theater and music. And so we created this little corner of the social media world in which we could do that. And we sort of instituted these things we call 10-word movie reviews or TV reviews. Um, We call them tenors. Because both of us work full time and we don't have time to do, you know, the long drawn out reviews. So we created our own niche, the 10 word movie review. I love them. I love them because you get to the point in it. And, you know, it takes some creativity because I uh, I contributed a couple a while back and um, I was I was surprised at how difficult it is to actually <laughs> pare it down to 10 words. Uh I it thought, is. Wow, it is. is. Yeah, this is not as easy as one might surmise. So, and uh, yeah. What I love about it is that it can really take any form. Like, it doesn't have to be your textbook movie review. It could be descriptive or insightful or humorous or just focus on one particular element of a film. So, I, I think they're really a lot of fun, and we've definitely got some good ones for this month. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I follow what you guys are doing, and I always uh, find it amusing. Even if I don't comment, I'm always reading, and so it's always uh, a lot of fun. So I, I hope you guys will keep up the good work. Thank you, Adam. Yes, we, we appreciate it. We uh, Those of us who, who love the movies and are movie geeks like myself, uh, you know, we, we appreciate that sort of stuff. So, And I recommend uh, all the people listening here to... To check it out, uh, Sibling Cinema, it's on the Facebook, uh, and you can find it. It's a Facebook page, and you just um, do, do your little searchy thingy, and, and you'll find it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're, we're also on Instagram and Twitter slash X and threads okay. as well, if, if anybody is on there and not on Facebook. Very good. Multiple options, folks. So, and, and that's <laughs> the best way to be. Yep. So we will go ahead and uh, do this. Uh, usually we start this, uh, well, usually, just about always, um, um, do this chronologically with all the titles that have been released in the month prior, uh, 4K and Blu-ray releases, of course, and that's what this show is all about, that we do once a month. And so uh, we're going back to November of 2023 to cover all of the releases therein. So we'll go back to November 7th and start there. And Fargo was one of the first releases of the month. That was a new 4K Ultra HD release from Scream and Shout Factory. And uh, I did not receive a review copy of this. I don't think there are any new extras. There may be a few, but uh, not not really sure. It's uh, Like I said, did not get a review copy. But I hear that the, the, uh, the picture upgrade is worth the price if you... Uh, we're thinking about it, or you're on the fence, or you've bought Fargo like my set, like myself. I think I've owned it in just about every format. Yeah, uh, so I know what you mean. <laughs> yep, over and over again we go. But the good thing about 4K, as we have talked about before, uh, 4K is the final stop for physical media because the human eye can only detect so much picture information. And so 4K is just about uh, that's it's pretty much been declared the final stop. So once you buy these. 
films on 4K disc, you, at least you can rest assured at night, I don't have to do that again, uh, which is also kind of sad in a way because uh, people like myself and, and, and yourself, we've lived with buying these things over and over again and knowing that we reached the Absolutely. end. It's kind of, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a little sad. It is. But it's a little, it's good for the checkbook. <laughs> that it is, for sure. But I, uh, yeah, maybe I'll pick this up at a sale when it when it goes on sale or something. Uh, but 4K Ultra HD upgrade of the Coen Brothers Best Picture nominee Fargo and the Oscar winner for Francis McDormand, of course. That's of course, a, uh, yes. Yeah, just a wonderful, wonderful film brimming with quotable dialogue from start to yes. finish. And, uh, I do have a tenor for this, of course, because it's it's a favorite movie of mine. Okay. Okay, this one is mine, okay. um, and my 10-word review is Engrossing Result of Putting Common Tropes into the Wood Chipper. <laughs> very good, very clever. I love it. Good. That's, that's, that's uh, better than anything I could have come up with in 10 words or less, so very good, yeah. Well, we'll move along to another favorite, uh, especially at this time of the year. This is Bill Murray, of course, in Scrooged, directed by Richard Donner. And I saw this in the theater in the uh, fall. I guess it was November of 1988, 35 years ago. I can't believe it. Same, same. Yeah. I did too. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it when I saw it. It, it um, you know, written by um, Michael O'Donohue, who was, of course, uh, one of the um, the writers for SNL. I'll get that out. And uh, he was very good at these sorts of things, putting a dark spin on, on stuff. The, there's a, a funny story about him. You may know this trivia. You know, I'm prone to just uh, spin off in a different direction here, so let me get started with that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he, he died of a cerebral hemorrhage. That's what it killed him. And so uh, the story goes that he didn't die immediately, but he knew that it didn't look good, you know. And so he basically told his significant other, I'm not sure if it was his wife or his girlfriend or whatever, but he said, if something happens... Make sure that you take those pictures of my cerebral hemorrhage, the uh, scans, and frame them and put them around the uh, uh, on the walls during the wake. And he passed away, and so she did exactly that. So when all of the people in Chevy Chase uh, confirmed the story that he, when he went to Michael O'Donohue's uh, wake, that he had <laughs> the photos of the cerebral hemorrhage, the scans that were done at the hospital, were framed in the black and white photos, were framed and put along the walls. <laughs> so, oh my! <laughs> so um, this is this is the guy that we're you know, this is what we were dealing with the sense of humor, humor of Mr. Michael O'Donohue. Have you ever seen uh, Mr. Mike's Mondo Video, which is a sketch film that he did? I, I never did. I always wanted to. I was just curious if you ever. I I have it and i haven't seen it yet but now because of this discussion you know i'm gonna like run off and get my dvd as soon as we're done <laughs> i need to do it. i need to see it too it's it's been on the to-do list way too long but yeah he was a he's uh there's a great book out about him called uh, mr mike i think is the name of it i have it on my bookshelf and it's a terrific biography uh he was an interesting guy to say the least but he's the co-writer on this film and uh, this new 4K Ultra HD edition doesn't really include any new uh, extras, but you do get the archival stuff like the commentary by Richard Donner and the several featurettes and uh, on the set with Bill Murray and the Show West clips with Bill Murray. And the, I, I did get a chance to I did get a review copy. I did get a chance to look at it. Uh, the picture is, is solid transfer on this. Uh, looks, sounds good. Uh, I would recommend it. Uh, it's worth the upgrade if you're 
on the fence about that one. Uh, Scrooge from 1988. And we'll move on to... Wait, wait. Can yeah. I do Leia's tenor on this? Oh, sure. Go we're, ahead. We're two for two on tenor so far. Yeah. Um, Leia's tenor was the 80s, where focusing on ratings means being tortured forever. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that fits in nicely with the, uh, the plot of the film, with the... Bill Murray being the television executive, of course. So yeah, that's, right, that's right. Good. good stuff. Yeah, he's um, there's some there's some really good, and yeah, of course, you know, there was a top ten hit from this film as well. Uh, Al Green getting back on the charts after quite a dry spell, as he did the uh, duet with Annie Lennox, uh, "Put a Little Love in Your Heart." Right, right. Remake of that. So uh, loved it. Yeah, I did too. I actually I liked it so much, I actually bought the 12 inch extended version, the 12 inch single, back when they used to make those sorts of things. So yeah, I had that. Uh, yeah. So three years before that, we had, uh, and by the way, that's a Paramount release. Uh, Scrooge is uh, three years before that. Harrison Ford uh, starred in the Oscar nominated Witness from 1985. Uh, of course, this is a, uh, you know, Harrison Ford. He's a detective and. He's trying to solve a murder mystery that took place in Amish country, and he falls in love with Kelly McGillis, who's an Amish lady, a single mom, whatever. I don't know if she's a single mom. I can't remember. She, she may, she may be married. Then I can't remember what the deal is. Widowed, widowed, widowed. That's it. She's a widow. Yeah, I think it's her husband that uh, he's investigating the murder for. It's been a while. I didn't uh, get a chance to review this one before we did the show here, but. Anyway, Arrow has done a spectacular new transfer, so I'm told, um, with the uh, HDR and 4K, of course. And uh, There's quite a few new extras here for anybody who's thinking of, uh, who's a fan of Witness. And I do like Witness. It is a good film. It's just been a while, uh, so I hate that my memory's a little rusty on it. But, uh, yeah, and this is, um, uh, like I said, an Arrow release, and I think it's a limited edition... This is Peter Weir, of course, directing, and uh, so yeah. A trading place is uh, John Landis. Wait, wait, wait! Oh, go hold, on, go can on. I, can I'm I getting do the ahead witness? of myself. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Apparently, we're gonna front load all my tenors that I have for today. Um, I do have one for witness, and I wrote this one, and it was: "There's nothing flashy, just a simple story that's nicely told." That's good. Yeah, that gets that. Yeah, I I, I would tend to agree. Yeah, I uh, I was telling my son he needed to see this, and I think uh, they sent me a Blu-ray along with the 4K, so I gave him the, the Blu-ray, and I kept the 4K, so uh, hopefully he'll get a chance to catch up to it, because you know, there's a lot of blind spots for him since he's younger, obviously, so uh, yeah, he's, he's uh, uh, you know, so I, I can't wait to hear what he thinks about it. Uh, so Trading Places, getting a 4K upgrade from Paramount as well. And that, of course, uh, what more can you say about Trading Places? One of the uh, early hits. I think it was the second big hit for Eddie Murphy after uh, Best Defense was the film in between 48 Hours and Trading Places. That one didn't do so well. No. <laughs> but Trading Places, uh, after the failure of Best Defense, this put him back on track and uh, to be one of the – cemented his reputation as one of the go-to – Star, comedy stars of the 80s and it just went his um you know his success just went up and up and up after that but yeah i love trading places it's it is a, and it, i guess it is a christmas film or some people consider it, it a christmas film uh, yeah i was gonna bring that up um i watch it every christmas it, it can also be a new year's film if that's you're right yeah looking at it that way yeah. but we also have a tenor for this one if you're interested yes let's do it 
And this is Leia's. She says, the Dukes teach us the true value of a dollar. <laughs> Don't they ever? Yes. We Yeah, we're always obsessed by that dollar thing. We use that dollar in, in just regular conversation all the time. <laughs> What's it worth to you? Here's a dollar. <laughs> yeah, it's a... Uh... Well, you know, John Landis, you know, this was a, a an interesting time in his career and, and not such a, not a very happy time because he was uh, on trial or uh, or a pending trial for the uh, Twilight Zone incident where, uh, right. where Vic Morrow was killed. And so a lot of people were critical of him taking on this project and directing a film while uh, a murder trial was about to transpire. But he didn't let that stop him. He directed this and Thriller in the same calendar year. So he was uh, he was on fire and career wise, so, as they say. Yeah, was... two seminal moments in the eighties. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and um, and then went on to do two more films in eighty uh, five, Spies Like Us and Into the Night, which I'm a big I love Into the Night. I like Spies. Oh like my Us. God, yeah. I love Into the Night. Oh yes, my God. yeah, it's great. It's fantastic. We could, yeah, we could do an hour on just that movie. <laughs> yes, we could. Yeah, but uh, his career kept going, and uh, and you know yet there was this murder trial going on, so it was a controversial time when this film uh, was released, uh, and it has some interesting cameos. And of course, you get Rick Baker in a uh, in an ape suit, and you get Jamie Lee Curtis in a supporting part, and you get uh, Al Franken and Tom Davis in a uh, right. <laughs> cameos at the you know they get their uh, some. Small parts at the not cameos. They they get us you know it's it's a nice little supporting part. Pretty pretty funny actually. But yeah, I think that they're sorry. Yeah, the 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 Rick Baker thing is just food for us, all us people who loved King Kong nineteen seventy six and how important he was to making that film what it was and to have Rick Baker in a gorilla suit. Oh yes, absolutely. Yep. It's like a it's a callback. It's like the ultimate callback to the seventies kid in me and oh, in you. Me too. You know that. <laughs> absolutely. Yep. Uh, well, we'll move along to American Graffiti and uh, Trading Places. By the way, that's a fortieth anniversary edition. I think all of these are in, most of these are anniversary. They're like Scrooge is a thirty fifth. Trading Places is a fortieth. And American Graffiti gets a 50th anniversary 4K. Uh, uh, I did not get a review copy of this, but the reviews of the 4K Ultra HD transfer are not good. I've got to tell you. Uh, I don't know. Haven't seen it. But I was told by several people whose opinion I trust that they applied too much digital noise reduction and that it looks very waxy and the grain has been pretty much removed uh, for the most part. And... Uh, that's interesting because I think American Graffiti was shot on uh, the, uh, I believe it was Techniscope, which is kind of a widescreen 16, 16 millimeter format, I believe. Uh, I don't think it was shot on 35, although I could be wrong about that. But um, those that the, I think Techniscope is a film that has a lot of grain. It's a film stuck that has a lot of grain in it. So to remove the grain from American Graffiti seems like. Uh, a terrible thing to do if you ask me i haven't looked at it i don't know i don't think there are any new extras it's all the archival stuff which there admittedly there there is a feature-length documentary that was done in 1998 for its initial dvd release that's really good uh by directed by laurent Butsuro, who does a lot of those supplemental things so it, you know but i have the blu-ray i think i'm gonna keep it <laughs> same same 
Yeah, so uh, I hear that the, if, if moving, and, that, and that's a controversial issue. I talk to a lot of people, some of the younger people, uh, you know, they're, they, they, they tell me, why do I want grain in film, and this, that, and the other. And I say, well, you know, I don't want people putting artificial grain into a film, but whatever the director intended is what I want. Because they made the film, it's you know that's I want their vision of what it's supposed to look like, and if they want the grain retained in the in there, but I I don't know that George Lucas would have completely dialed up the DNR uh, as the and, you know I'm I'm thinking probably somebody younger was in charge of the mastering of this, and they thought it was uh, oh we'll just get rid of all of it, so who knows? But anyway, uh, I don't know. Yeah, don't don't ruin the original vision. Yeah, that's what I say. That's what I say. So anyway, well, Criterion issued a box set that covers the early years, uh, the formative years in Jackie Chan. It's called The Emergence of a Superstar, 1978 to 1985, and it includes six titles. There's Half a Loaf of Kung Fu, Spiritual Kung Fu, The Fearless Hyena, The Young Master, Fearless Hyena 2, and My Lucky Stars. And those are all collected in a box set that uh, you can get it for just a little over $60. Now, it's normally double that but it's on sale now so if you're a big uh, Jackie Chan fan the the sales going on to get that box set I didn't get a review copy of that but uh, uh, if you want to know something about the early formative years of Jackie Chan before he became the American star uh, this they're collected in this set so um, anyway I don't I have not seen any of those films so I can't really uh, say anything about the quality of the actual films but anyway a Black Hawk down has been issued in a 4K steelbook by Sony for the first time ever. And uh, it's I think it includes both the director's cut, which is quite substantially longer from what I remember. Ridley Scott has a uh, history of doing that, uh, I'm sure you know as well. Uh, <laughs> yes. He's <laughs> tinkering with these director's cuts. Uh, Black Hawk Down, for me, was kind of a mixed bag. I, I didn't love it, didn't hate it. It has been 20 years since I've seen it, or maybe a little over. Uh, I don't think I've seen it since it came out. And like I said, it was fine, but I don't remember being overwhelmed. So, uh, you know, maybe it's worth a review. I don't know, but I didn't get a review copy of it, so I can't say anything about the quality. But Sony normally does a good job with their mastering. I would uh, venture a guess and say it's probably pretty spectacular in terms of picture quality, I would say. So, um. So yeah, we have Gran Turismo, which is a fairly new release uh, from 2023, starring uh, Orlando Bloom, and uh, directed by Neil Blumkamp, who, uh, Blumkamp, uh, the um, director of uh, Chappie, and what, what are some of the other ones, uh, District 9, I think. <laughs> so Anyway, I didn't see it, so uh, again, can't really say anything about it. Violent Night, getting a 4K upgrade, this is the... Uh, Christmas horror film from about a group of mercenaries attacking the estate of a wealthy family on Christmas Eve and Santa being forced to save Christmas by dispatching them in murderous ways. Uh, Beverly D'Angelo and John Leguizamo appearing in this. So, um, yeah. Oh, Leia did, I think, what might be my favorite tenor of this whole grouping for this movie. So okay. I definitely want to say that one. Here, here it is. The Good Die Hard movies plus Home Alone times Santa. <laughs> she did like an equation. I'm just thinking, nails it. <laughs> Getting mathematical on it. That's great. I love it. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is a, I think this is a Best Buy Steelbook exclusive. And then there's a non-Steelbook 
version as well. Of course, Best Buy has announced that they're not going to be carrying physical media anymore starting next <laughs> year, and yet they're still selling exclusive steelbooks. Isn't that crazy? Right. So, um, whatever is I it, say. It is crazy that they're doing that because their steelbooks are so popular amongst the, the collecting community, the movie-going community, and yeah. you'd think you want to keep that going, and it makes me very, very sad. I don't get it. I'm right there with you. I just don't understand it. But, uh, you know, physical media is, there were a lot of cries that, you know, oh, Best Buy, this is the end of physical media, but it's doing just fine in places like Amazon and uh, Groove and other sites where you get that sort of thing. So, uh, I, Absolutely. I, yeah, and these boutique labels are just, it's amazing the stuff that we're getting from these boutique labels uh, because they're getting these package deals from these studios, and the studios are run now by people who don't know anything about their catalog. So it's young uh, executives who are more interested in business. And so they're just licensing these batches of titles. And uh, God bless them, the people like Kino are just putting these things out that I never thought I'd see on 4K or Blu-ray. Uh, I'm just constantly amazed at what we're, what we're getting uh, each month. So this is a golden age of, of, of time for physical media. And um, yeah, so... Um, the Guns of Navarone is another one of those steel books. Uh, I don't think this was an exclusive, but this is the 1961 classic. Um, I guess it's a uh, action film, yeah, classic action film. I guess you'd categorize it as Gregory Peck, David Niven, Anthony Quinn, and James Darren. James Darren's still among us, I believe. So that's amazing that somebody from this 62-year-old film is still around. Thank goodness. And Jay Lee Thompson. Yes, good for him. Yeah, that's what I say. It's a uh, but, uh, yeah, Guns of Navarone, 4K Ultra HD, Sony is the distributor on that. And uh, Surviving the Game, do you remember this one from 1994? This is starring uh, Ice-T, Rutger Hauer, Charles S. Dutton, and Gary Busey, and F. Murray Abraham. It's kind of a... That is a cast, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's a quasi-remake of um, The Most Dangerous Game, I believe. So, uh, yeah, this is directed by Ernest Dickerson, who... Uh, was formerly the cinematographer on a lot of the early Spike Lee films. So th this was maybe his second feature after Juice, I believe. Um, I think Juice was 92, and then he... I think this is his uh, sophomore effort, as it were, I believe. Uh, I never saw it. Uh, I, Or if I did, I don't remember it. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, yeah, that's the Shout Factory release, uh, Blu-ray for the first time, and there are some new extras here. Uh, I'm not sure what, I didn't get the review copy, so I'm not sure what they were, but speaking of Steelbooks, Scarface getting a 4K Steelbook uh, release. It's been previously issued on 4K, but, uh, you know, it is it is the 40th anniversary of Scarface uh, this month, so I guess that Gotta do it. Yeah, that's what I say. Uh, a couple of the Marx Brothers films that were in previously in the Marx Brothers box set, the uh, Paramount titles, which are personally my favorite Marx Brothers films. I just don't think the ones that were made with MGM uh, are quite as funny. Uh, they have their moments, but they the anarchy that's inherent in Duck Soup and Monkey Business and Animal Crackers, Horse Feathers, and The Coconuts uh, can't be beat. And so they've all been issued separately In uh, if you didn't get the box set years ago. I, I have the set, so I didn't need the... Uh, didn't need the special edition, uh, the, the separate editions, rather. Um, there's uh, the new uh, South Park special, The Streaming Wars, has been issued on uh, a disc, a Blu-ray disc, as has the um, the complete 26th season, I believe it is. Yeah, so the South Park sets are, are still being issued on Blu-ray. 
um, RoboDoc, the creation of uh, the creation of Robo. It's Robo. I'm trying to get the uh, entire title. Let's see. RoboDoc, <laughs> the creation of RoboCop. That's it. Uh, this is a 301 minute documentary on the making of RoboCop that I hear is terrific. And it they got they pretty much got everybody that's still around who was in RoboCop, including Peter Weller, and he's notoriously refused to speak about RoboCop. He's in this with as well. Excellent. Yeah, and it's uh, everybody's here. Paul Verhoeven, uh, Peter Weller, as I said, Nancy Allen, Ed Newmeyer, one, he's one of the screenwriters. Ronnie Cox. Uh, I mean, it's just it's everything you could hope for in a documentary about RoboCop, and it's uh, uh, it took several years for them to make it, I believe, and. Uh, it's uh, they they even cover the sequels and its thirty year legacy. This is actually available at your local Walmart. Uh, well, it's a Walmart exclusive, believe it or not. But a lot of uh, rare behind the scenes photos and uh, just all kinds. Of, I think Rob Bottin was the only one they could not get who did the makeup effects. They could not get. He's famously retired from the business and refuses uh. to give interviews. So he is not. He has not uh, participated. But everybody else, they're there. So if you're a RoboCop fan, I think this might be a must. <laughs> and I do want to see it. I just haven't gotten to it yet. Uh, so there's a the Buster Keaton collection. is uh, They've been issuing these uh, every so often. And this is the fifth volume. It includes three ages and our hospitality. This is number five from Cohen Media Group. And so uh, they're doing lovely restorations on these old Buster Keaton sh- films. And they're, uh, you know, so... Here's a film that I wasn't familiar with from 1971. Maybe you are. Uh, T.R. Baskin. It's uh, Candace Bergen as an enthusiastic young woman who runs away to Chicago to start a new life. I wasn't, and I was definitely intrigued when I saw that on the list. <laughs> yeah, me too. I uh, This is a Fun City edition, and it's directed by Herbert Raw. Fun City is a subsidiary of Vinegar Syndrome. They're, they've been doing really great work, by the way. They are the uh, label that put out Heartbreakers with Peter Coyote uh, a couple of years ago. They did that. They did uh, Jeremy with uh, Robbie Benson, which I love. Uh, so Fun City Editions, if, if they're involved, it's usually something worth checking out. And this is directed by Peter, uh, uh, rather written by Peter Hyams, who, of course, later on did Capricorn 1 in 2010 and many other Films. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Herbert Ross directed this, and this is Herbert Ross, who of course later did Footloose and Pennies from Heaven and many other things, uh, The Last of Sheila. So um, yeah, I would be interested in seeing this. Peter Boyle, James Caan, uh, also in this cast. So yeah, I uh, there's a I, there was a Vinegar Syndrome sale going on, and this was part of that sale. I probably should pick it up, but I did not. So anyway. Um, uh, so I think that covers November the 7th, I do believe. I think that's everything for... There's a Hunger Games uh, box set, the com- com- complete Hunger Games set, I guess tied in with the prequel that was released. So that is, uh, that is a, it's a 4K steelbook set. The Lionsgate has issued that, uh, but uh, that is it. So moving along to November 14th, we have Blue Steel with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and directed by... Catherine Bigelow. I'm sure you're familiar with this one. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I uh, I have not seen it in probably over 30 years and since it probably came out. And I, uh, you know, I, I remember it being okay. I, I would like to revisit and refresh my memory on it. but uh, I'm, I'm having the same exact reaction. Like, I haven't seen it since since way back then, but those names in it, 
you kind of want to go back and say, did I miss something? Should I be liking this more than I initially did? And I'm very excited to see it again. Yeah, me too. I'm right there with you. So uh, maybe I'll get around to uh, to Blue Steel sometime soon because I didn't get a review copy. I requested one and didn't get it. It's part of the Vestron Collectors series. They're, uh, it's Lionsgate putting out this series, and they call it the Vestron Collectors series where they take these films that were uh, you know, popular in video stores on the Vestron label or or, uh, you know, just things around that time period, late 80s, early 90s. I think Maximum Overdrive was one of the previous issues that they put on that label. But anyway, they do something about once a, uh, once a month, I think, or once every couple of months. And this is the latest in that series. And there's some new extras. And so, yeah. Love that they're doing that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And the transfers are usually pretty solid. So anyway, we'll move into a couple other things. Uh, we have a Sunny Chiba collection here, Volume 2, Shout Factory has been issuing these Sunny Chiba films. I, I do have volume one, which was quite good, uh, but I didn't get a review copy of the second one. It includes uh, The Defensive Power of Aikido, 13 Steps of Maki, Karate Warriors, Great Okinawa Yakuza War, Karate for Life, Golgo 13, and The Okinawa War of 10 Years. Uh, films were released, released between 1975 and 1978. I'm a big Sunny Chiba fan, uh, much like uh, our... Uh, beloved director Quentin Tarantino is. I, I am as well. I think he's pretty amazing. And those Street Fighter films he did just, uh, they'll knock your socks off if you haven't seen them. So, anyway, um, yeah, so Sunny Chiba Collection Volume 2. Uh, I haven't seen any of those films, but would certainly be interested in that. So, uh, this next release was one of my uh, most excited, uh, one of the things I got most excited about during the month. It was the last picture show. Uh, it's been issued many times, you know, on Blu-ray and even 4K in the, as part of the Columbia Classics Volume 3 set that came out at the end of last year. But what makes this new edition special is that, uh, of course, this is the Oscar-winning Peter Bogdanovich film from 1971, winning an Oscars for Ben Johnson and Cloris Leachman. And it's, uh, you know, coming of age, uh, teenagers in a small Texas town in the early 50s, and just an incredible cast on the on the, the cusp of becoming known entities. Like uh, we have uh, Jeff Bridges, of course, and Timothy Bottoms, and uh, Sybil Shepard, and Randy Quaid is here. And this is just a terrific, terrific film. And the, uh, the version that has been on home video since the early 90s was the preferred director's cut, which has seven seen, uh, seven minutes rather of uh, footage reinstated that was not in the original theatrical version. There's a very pivotal scene where Sybil Shepard is, uh, um, she, she has a, uh, a tryst with Clue Gulliger on a pool table in the film. That was not in the original version. So, <laughs> um, and, and it does add something to the film. So I can't imagine going back to the theatrical version, but if you want to, for the first time ever, the theatrical version has been included here. And the next thing I'm going to talk about is the thing that really made me excited. There was a sequel to the last picture show called Texasville from 1991, uh, 1990, where they reunited the entire cast of the first film uh, 20 years later. They all came back to the same place, and uh, it, takes, it follows the characters through the early 1980s, and they add Annie Potts in there. As a supporting character, she's the wife of the Jeff Bridges character in the sequel. And Peter Bogdanovich had lamented for years that the his preferred director's cut of Texasville 
was not available. It was available on Laserdisc, but they never issued it on DVD, and he wanted it out there, and it never happened in his lifetime. And he also had wanted to shoot the film in black and white, but they wouldn't allow him because they were afraid that they'd lose viewers, you know, who don't like black and white films. Well, that's all been rectified in this new set because you get on a bonus Blu-ray the Texasville director's cut in black and white, as Peter Bogdanovich always wanted us to see. And it's 25 minutes longer than the original film, and it's so much better, I think. And uh, it and the film works so much better in black and white. I, I watched this black and white version. I couldn't believe how much better the film was. It just adds something to the film because the original Last Picture Show is shot in black and white, and this new Texasville is... Uh, it's it's quite uh, a revelation. I mean, not that it's as, it's not as good as Last Picture Show. It, it never will be. But on its own terms, it's a pretty darn good sequel, you know. So um, yeah, I uh, I would recommend anybody who uh, has not picked up this Last Picture Show uh, set from Criterion uh, just run out and get it because they've done the, not only is the Last Picture Show beautiful, gorgeous to behold with this new 4K transfer, but they've they've actually uh, corrected the Texasville and, uh, you know, done, done what Bogdanovich wanted it, uh, to be done all along. So, right. Uh, there you go. So, uh, wonderful. Thing. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, it's wonderful. It really is. So, yeah. And speaking of other, uh, you know, revelations and multiple cuts of films and things like that, the original film that put Steven Spielberg on the map duel from 1971, which aired as a TV movie in November of 71, yeah. Yeah, this has been issued in 4K Ultra HD as well by Universal. Now, they, you know, previously you were not able to get the original 73-minute television film that aired in November of 71. Well, it's available here on a, a separate Blu-ray. So you have an option to catch the original film as it aired, of course, minus the commercials. And uh, the duel that we that most people know is the one that was released in theaters in Europe in the early 1980s, and they added 15 minutes of footage to give it a 90-minute running time. So uh, there's a few scenes at the beginning of the film that show him backing out of the driveway, and I don't think those were in the original film, but uh, Duel is terrific. You know, it's Dennis Weaver being chased by a, a truck down a lonely stretch of highway, and uh, after he passes him on a steep upgrade he takes it as a challenge to a duel the truck driver does and so he terrorizes them for the rest of the film and oh it's just it's fantastic um I, yes uh, i yeah. i have dual i have dual tenors on this jewel <laughs> oh good yeah. <laughs> okay i have a pair of them Do tell. um and they're both mine david and goliath tail put steven spielberg on the map so that's the straight laced tenor, and then just a little heart racing tale of man versus diesel beast. Now, <laughs> if you know if you know the movie, you know that man is capital M A N N. That's yep. his name. But at the same time, he's also serving as every man, so it works either way you want to hear that in your head. <laughs> I love it. That's so clever. Yeah, they um, they there's been a lot of talk. You know, people reading uh, meanings, hidden meanings into it, and they. They've often said, you know, uh, the character's name is Man. Is that uh, symbolic or whatever? And so, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that is kind of funny. Um, there's a terrific. Now, go ahead. What were you going to say? I was just going. I was just going to say. I'm sure everybody knows by now that the shark being killed at the end of Jaws. 
the noise as it goes down is the same noise as the truck going down. <laughs> in the, yes. Oh, spoiler alert! Um, you know, but it's the same noise, and and I, it's so interesting to me and fascinating to be able to hear that. Oh in yeah, the, in, in the original movie, and then again in Jaws. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I, I'm right. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree. Yeah. It's, and the other funny thing about, uh, uh, duel is that they repurposed some of the chase scenes in the footage, uh, in an incredible Hulk episode called never give a trucker an even break. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess they were running uh, tight on the budget. So they just repurposed some of the, <laughs> Because it was Universal, you know, produced the Incredible Hulk television series, and Universal right. is the uh, the uh, distributor of Duel. So uh, I guess it didn't cost them a lot of money. So it's like, ah, we got this footage laying around. Let's just see if we can do something with it. So they, and so they that did. Was smart. That was using their noggin. Yeah, they did that more than once on the Hulk. They also did that uh, for an episode called Earthquakes Happen, where they <laughs> they repurposed uh, footage for from an earthquake. Earthquake. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then there's the one where David has to land a plane, and he has to he's trying to stop from turning into the Hulk while he's attempting to land a, uh, a, <laughs> a, a the uh, crew's been incapacitated and he's attempting to land the plane without turning into the Hulk. And so they repurpose. Um, um, footage from airport 75 in that episode so right <laughs> and those are all in the first season so they were they were really <laughs> trying to get their money's worth out of those films that in the universal vaults so right kind of funny but uh, anyway just side notes you know i'm full of useless trivia you know that so <laughs> I, i'm full of useless trivia too that's why we get along so well <laughs> yes we do <laughs> Well, uh, so we'll move along to a film that I really love, and I really I wanted a review copy of this so bad, and I didn't get one. I guess I'll just have to pony up the, to, and buy one, because I, I've got to have it. It's uh, Rudy uh, from 1993. It's a beautiful film about uh, following your dreams, you know, about this character Rudy, played by Sean Astin, who's told he's not good enough, not smart enough, but he has this dream of playing football for Notre Dame, and he won't take no for an answer, and... Uh, just a, a terrific cast. Ned Beatty in this film, Charles S. Dutton, Jason Miller, uh, Lily Taylor, Robert Prosky. Uh, terrific score by Jerry Goldsmith that just makes my heart swell every time I hear it. Uh, I adore this film, and I am, you know, anybody that knows me knows how much I detest football, and uh, it's just <laughs> not my thing. And yet I love this film. It's a football yep. film, that I and I absolutely love it. So if a guy like me who really detests football can adore this film as much as I do. You can too. And yes, yeah. I feel like I should be chanting here. Rudy, Rudy, that's right. Rudy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. This. What's great about this is it. There is a director's cut included here with uh, about ten minutes of extra footage that I am told really, it's not throwaway stuff. It really adds to the film's narrative and fleshes out a few things. And I, I have been told that it's really good stuff that they uh, decided to put back in the film that makes a, a big difference. Some of the stuff is usually, you know, it can be throwaway stuff that you are wondering why they bothered to put it back in. But it, not the case here, from what I'm told. So uh, anyway, Rudy from Sony out in a Steelbook 4K edition that I hope to receive soon. So <laughs> anyway, uh, Sound of Freedom from this past summer... 
this was a film shelved by Fox during the acquisition by Disney of the Fox Studios, and it kind of got lost, and another distributor picked it up, and it did particularly well. Jim Caviezel, it's a, it's about the drug, uh, the human trafficking thing that's going on in the news, and uh, you know, some people said it's a, you know, it's a little has too much of a political bend, and some people said it's effective. I don't know. I didn't see it. But anyway, if you were interested in seeing Sound of Freedom and didn't get to see it in the theater, well, it is available in uh, a new Blu-ray edition. And so The Equalizer 3 is another recent film that was released, uh, starring Denzel Washington, the third go-round for uh, his uh, character, uh, what's his name, Robert McCall, I think, or Macaulay, I can't remember his character's name. It's the same one from, uh, the same character name from the TV show back in the 80s, but... Uh, I think it's Macaulay, I think is the name. But anyway, I didn't see it. I saw the first two. The second one was um, just not all that good. The first one was fair, and the second one was lesser so. And I heard the third one's actually a step up, so maybe I'll maybe I'll check it out eventually. So, uh, But anyway, uh, Sony again putting out the Equalizer 3. And then we have Two Days in the Valley. Maybe you have something to say about this. This was at that time when everybody was trying to jump on the Tarantino bandwagon and uh, I do. do their own version of Pulp Fiction. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'll let you talk about it a little bit. Okay, well, why don't you talk about it first, and then I'll give, I have tenors from both Leia and myself on this. I'll do that to wrap it up. Okay, yeah, great. Uh, well, uh, first of all, let's talk about the cast. Uh, Danny Aiello, Jeff Daniels, Terry Hatcher, James Spader, Eric Stoltz, Charlie Theron, and this is uh, interlocking stories, uh, you know, there's a kidnapping and, uh, um, you know, undercover cops cruising the valley for crime, that kind of stuff. You know, it's just all these different stories, uh, and it's, you know, like I said, very similar in nature to Pulp Fiction. This is a uh, first time ever Blu-ray release from Kino Lorber, and this has an audio commentary by the director John Hertzfeld, Sylvester Stallone interviews John Hertzfeld here, or they actually have a conversation together, rather. Um, this has a Q&A at Cinefamily with Charlie Theron and the late Glenn Headley, who's in this, John Hertzfeld and others, the making of Two Days in the Valley. And, uh, you know, so this is, a, and I heard that, uh, well, actually, I did I did get a chance to uh, look at, I didn't watch it all the way through, but I looked at the um, the uh, picture quality looks really good from what I was could ascertain. So, uh, yeah, and Marsha Mason, Paul Mazursky also in this, forgot about that, and uh, Peter Horton. So, uh, yeah, that's that's quite a cast. <laughs> it it really is, and and now I'm thinking maybe I shouldn't give our tenors because maybe not so positive, but mine was expected much more out of this kind of firepower because, you know, you you got that cast, and mm -hmm. they sh they should have more and better things to do. But I can see a studio wanting what. Quentin Tarantino was starting to dish out too much acclaim. So. And my sister's was, we spent one day too many with these valley peeps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember my reaction to it back in the day being a little lukewarm, to be honest. Uh, so I, I, you know, I don't know how I'd feel about it now. I might. Uh... It, it, it is. It's kind of a lukewarm reaction in terms of story, but then in terms of watching these people who are always so eminently watchable, that's, mm -hmm. that's the selling point that, yeah. And there's something to be said for that. So there you go. Yeah. That's, um, yeah. So anyway, uh, we have, uh, 
we have a Blu-ray first-time release for Two Days in the Valley from 1996. Kino Lorber again. Uh, so this next film is the one that I always, I, I call it the, the movie that makes grown men cry. And it certainly has done that for me many times. And that's Terms of Endearment. The Oscar <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah, 1983 uh, has gotten its first ever 4K Ultra HD release. The winner for Best Picture of 1983. Also the winner for Best Supporting Actor for Jack Nicholson. Uh, just uh, what a terrific film. Uh, first time directing debut for uh, James L. Brooks, who, uh, of course, previous to this had been involved with... Uh, some beloved sitcoms, including Mary Tyler Moore and so on and so forth. But uh, this is what a what a spectacular debut this was. Uh, also based on the um, the Larry McMurtry novel, and Larry McMurtry, of course, was the novelist behind the Last Picture Show in Texasville. So these were released on the same day. I can't help there's a, to think there's a tie-in somewhere. But uh, this just uh, oh my god, this just gets me every time. And it's about yeah. the, uh, the relationship between the mother and daughter, Deborah Winger and uh, Shirley MacLaine over the years, and and uh, and all the people around them in their lives. And so it's just I, I don't know, it's just it's terrific. So. Okay, I wanted to try something, but first, before I do that, I wanted to do an on-the-spot tenor because I never have done the official one, but I want to do one right now on your show. Good. But my first question is, when you're um, doing movies, is it a four-star movie is the greatest, or is it a five-star movie is the greatest? Oh, four-star for me, yeah. But you I, say four stars, yeah. one to four. Yeah, Letterboxd is... I, I do the old Leonard Malton. See, I, I was trained on the uh, Leonard Malton guide that we used to get every year, the TV movies guide he would put out. He doesn't do that anymore, of course, but his, his system was uh, a bomb to four stars, and so... Right, right. I, I started reading those when I was in ninth grade, and I would get them every time they put out a new one, so I was kind of weaned on that, so that's the system I adopted as a teenager, and it's followed me all my life, so yeah. Right. Okay. Well, I I was as well, but I also had the video movie guide, which was to five stars. That's so right. That's why yeah. I asked you the question. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm going to do an on the spot tenor. Let me see. Count my words. <laughs> okay. I got it. I got it. This one is definitely a four star and a four hanky movie. Oh yeah. My brand new tenor. That that's good. That's good. Yes, it, it is. It's uh, yeah. there are a few new extras here too. There's a filmmaker focus with James L. Brooks and the uh, I think there's a commentary that's been issued before uh, with uh, James L. Brooks, uh, Penny Finkelman, the co-producer, and the late great production designer Polly Platt, who also was the production designer on the Last Picture Show. So there's another you know. Wow, there's another tie-in. Yeah, she's uh, I, I just. I don't know what to say. I haven't I haven't watched the 4K yet, uh, but I it's I meant to get to it before we did the show, but it just hasn't happened yet. But man, I love this film. So, uh, what did you think of the sequel, by the way? Um, the Evening Star, I think, is the name of it. Yeah. I there there were no hankies involved in the <laughs> Evening Star. <laughs> you know, I remember it got terrible reviews. It's directed by Robert Harlan, who did uh, Steel Magnolias, and uh, he wrote Steel Magnolias rather in. Uh, yeah, it's not nearly as good as the original. It has a few moments there, and I think Marion Ross from Happy Days is in it. She plays uh, Shirley MacLaine's maid, and there's a nice you know relationship between them. Ben Johnson is in it. I think it was his last film. I think he died of a heart attack while it was in production. And so uh, Ben Johnson, last picture show, another tie-in. 
Um, but yes. uh, yeah, so I, you know, I, I think I would like to see it on Blu-ray just to have it. I would like to have it because it's not a great film by any stretch of the imagination, but occasionally good moments shine through in it and it would, it's nice to have that continuation of the story. And so I would, uh, Agreed. I, I would like to have that. Unfortunately, it's only available in an out of print DVD. So I guess we'll just have to hope maybe one of these, uh, subsidiary labels these uh specialty labels will pick it up in a package deal and release it so <laughs> yes yeah, the next anniversary then that's we'll get right. that too. <laughs> yes so uh the nun 2 from warner brothers being issued on 4k recent uh, 2023 release bone tomahawk getting a release from lion's gate uh this is a steelbook edition this is with kurt russell from uh, a pretty good pretty good film from uh 2015 the Twilight Zone saga getting a five movie collection on 4K, and uh, this is uh, also a steelbook 15th anniversary edition. Can you believe 15 years since the original Twilight was hoisted upon us? So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so anyway, how about uh, Short Circuit 2, directed by Kenneth Johnson? Speaking of the Incredible Hulk, we talked about it earlier. He's the creator of the Incredible Hulk television series. He had told me, I interviewed him back in September, and he had told me that he had been working on the extras for this. That was because I asked him what he'd been working on, and this was one of the things he brought up. And so now it's uh, being released, uh, Short Circuit 2, and um, uh, Sony Pictures doing the releasing on this, uh, Blu-ray, uh, not a 4K, just a Blu-ray. But if you are a fan of Short Circuit and its sequel, You'll probably want to get this, I would assume. But like I said, new extras, new uh, featurettes and documentaries and commentaries and all that, and featuring the uh, director, writer of the film. So, uh, and speaking of Shirley MacLaine, uh, we'll talk about one other one, Guarding Tess, also starring Nicolas Cage. This is a Sony Blu-ray release. Uh, 1994, former first lady wants a particular Secret Service agent to head her bodyguard to tell even though he hates her. Essentially <laughs> it. So, yeah. So, uh, the recent television series for All Mankind, that has been issued in Blu-ray format. That is Sony Pictures as well. Sony is busy, it looks like here. There's quite a few things they're pumping out. Uh, Leave it to Beaver, the complete series. Can I can I do a for all mankind? Because oh, yeah, I'm a please, please, please. I'm a space geek and um I actually before this series came out, I saw the cast at New York Comic Con. I was so excited about what the series was going to be. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, well, I guess my tenor sort of says what is going on. But it's a reworking of how the space program would have gone if Russia beat the United States to the moon. And everything, they're still, it's still going on now. They're in season four i think season four um and they're on mars and currently um but i got to see the cast at new york comic-con it was very exciting and i wrote a tenor for the first season which was intriguing alternate realities subjected to some fallacies and soapy subplots i i found it difficult to get into it the first season just because it was recreating it. They had the real people like Neil Armstrong and Deke Slayton and Werner von Braun. And then they twisted it into this other thing. But once they got past that and it was all 
different. Mm-hmm. Then I started taking to it more than I did the original season. But it's a great start for the story and going back now and seeing how, you know, women astronauts are in the program a lot sooner than they wound up in reality. And it's really interesting. So anybody who's into that kind of thing, any other space geeks, I highly recommend. Well, it sounds like a glowing recommendation. Just, uh, just be patient because it gets better as it goes along. (laughs) It sounds like (laughs) all, all the best ones build on what they started with. And I think that's the case here. Yeah. Good to know. Very, very good to know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I haven't gotten around to uh, watching it, uh, but I, I have heard good things. So, yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good to know. So, yeah, Leave it to Beaver, the complete series, of course, aired from 57 to 63. And this is one of the the, the shows from the 50s that people often often reference when they talk about the, uh, the post-World War II baby boom generation, all that stuff, the misadventures, of course, of a suburban boy and his family and his friends and Barbara Billingsley, Jerry Mathers, all that. Uh, Anyway, six seasons, 5,580 minutes. (laughs) Spread across 30 discs. Wow. This is a new Blu-ray set from Universal. And uh, so, yeah, I did get a review copy of this one, although I haven't obviously gotten a chance to watch all of the episodes, but the ones that I did take a peek at, they look good. So I think they've done a good job with the Blu-ray mastering therein so yeah so rapa nui from 1994 i don't know if you uh this is a uh, directed by kevin reynolds and it's uh tenuously based on the legends of easter island the uh, story of it's basically about a civil war between the two tribes on the island the long years and the short years a warrior from the ruling class falling in love with a girl from the lower class and must decide on his position in a time of civil unrest uh, as I said, Kevin Reynolds starring in this. Jason Scott Lee in this. Jason Scott Lee, of course, was uh, at that time best known for the film he had uh, had the lead in the year before, which was Dragon, the Bruce Lee story. So I wonder right. what happened to Jason Scott Lee. We don't know much about him anymore. But, uh, yeah, the producer on this was Kevin Costner. He's a good buddy of Kevin Reynolds. And I think they, uh, Reynolds, I think, was the director of Waterworld the next year, I believe. So, uh <laughs> Yeah, S.A. Morales was also in this cast. So this is a Warner Archive release. I it got pretty bad reviews when it came out, although I've been told that it's not nearly as bad as its reputation suggests. I didn't see it, uh, didn't get a review copy, so I don't know. But um, anyway, another Warner Archive release is In Love and War from 1995. This is directed by Richard Attenborough. 1996, I'm sorry. Uh, it's about the, uh, the love affair between Ernest Hemingway when he was in uh, Ambulance Driver in Italy, and he ends up in a hospital, falls in love with his nurse, and it stars uh, Sandra Bullock and Chris O'Donnell as those two, uh, as the counterparts in the film, and uh, as I said, directed by Richard Attenborough. I know this got, again, this got terrible reviews <laughs> when it when it came out, and uh, so, again, it's one I can't, I haven't seen. Uh, Attenborough was, uh, you know, he was, he was not having a good time as a director in the mid-90s, uh, his Chaplin biopic was kind of uh, met with lukewarm response, even though uh, Robert Downey Jr. is terrific in it. So, and this was another one of those biopic type things that he was doing that just didn't kind of uh, fell on uh, fell fell on uh, mixed uh, a, a lesser than expected response, I guess you would say. Although I do like his Shadowlands with Deborah Winger. 
Speaking of Jeopardy, oh yeah, that's a beautiful film. That that's uh, another one that will make a grown man cry. So, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I so. I will go to bat for Chaplin though any day, but I won't go to bat for In Love and War. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think I saw it back in the day, but I just don't remember anything. I don't remember it being all that good. So, uh, The Fog of War is another Sony release, uh, 11 Lessons from the Life of Robert S. McNamara. This is directed by the great Errol Morris, the Academy Award winner for Best Documentary Film of 2003. Uh, Of course, Robert McNamara was the former Secretary of Defense during the Kennedy and Johnson administrations, and he comes clean about his role in the uh, Vietnam War. This is a terrific documentary. If you haven't seen it, I would say. Uh, Errol Morris, you know, one of the great documentarians of our times. And uh, this is no exception. It was a well-deserving Academy Award winner for Best Documentary Film. And if you haven't seen it, I would say uh, at least stream it if you don't want to buy it. Uh, But uh, it's out on Blu-ray for the first time ever, thank goodness. So, um, The Fog of War from uh, filmmaker Errol Morris. And we have uh, Dr. Caligari. This is a 4K release from Mondo Macabro. I wasn't sure there was a... I didn't know there was a 1989 version of Dr. Caligari, but apparently there is. <laughs> and uh, so Mondo Macabro doing the 4K release of that. Uh, Computer Chess is a film that I had heard was pretty good. Uh, it came out around 2013, although I never got a chance to see it. It's filmed in black and white with a vintage uh, video cameras, and it's about a t- chess tournament a weekend chess tournament in the early 80s. Uh, and uh, they, like I said, they film it with these vintage uh, video uh, cameras that were used in the early 80s. And it's in black and white. And uh, I, I don't know, I just, I never saw it, but I heard that it was uh, quite good. So the 10th anniversary edition of Computer Chess being issued by Kino Lorber. And we have another Kino Lorber release that is uh, from one of my favorite directors, favorite uh, foreign directors, uh, that is uh, Eric Romare. It's The Aviator's Wife. It's about a young student when he, uh, in his devastation when he finds out his girlfriend's cheating on him and he tries to find out why she did it. So then he just spot, decides to spy on her and her lover. And Eric Romare's films are filled with in, really insightful dialogue and in, great insights into the human condition. And so The Aviator's Wife is uh, no exception. So uh, if you like Eric Romare as much as I do, you know, of course, there's that famous line, and I think it's um, uh, The uh, uh, Night Moves, where Gene Hackman says, uh, I tried watching a Romare film, and it was like watching paint dry. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I always think about that. But I do, I do love his films. And there's a new box set of his films uh, that's coming out in January from Criterion. I'm hoping that I get a review copy of that, or at least I'll probably pony up for it if I don't, because I, I, I tend to like his stuff. And um, let's see. I think we're about to finish up on this uh, release day. I don't think I want to make sure I haven't missed anything here. I don't think I have. Nope, we're moving up to November the 21st. We're getting there, folks. It's uh, <laughs> There's just always so much to talk about. Oppenheimer, the one of the biggest films of the yes. year, coming out in 4K. Um, I would be curious to hear your take on Oppenheimer uh, and what you thought of it. I loved Oppenheimer. I haven't seen quite as many movies this year, new releases, as I usually do. <laughs> but I don't think I saw anything better than Oppenheimer, and I'm so glad I went to see it 
in the theaters with the IMAX and the whole nine nerds. And um, what the tenor I wrote for it was Murphy initiates perfect chain reaction for Downey rest of cast. I was knocked out. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a technically well-made film. Um, I, I don't think I liked it as much as I wanted to. Maybe my expectations were a little high. I, I, I guess I liked it, but didn't love it, if that makes any sense. But I, I it, admire it. It does. It does. Yeah, I admire it, and I do want to see it again. I really do. Um, I want to go back and give it, because I may, it may gain something in a uh, second viewing, I'm thinking, and so I do want to um, to make that happen really soon. So uh, uh, I, uh, yeah, I have I have my 4K review copy of that, thankfully. And the thing about this is that uh, this sold out on uh, Blu-ray and 4K. They didn't press enough of them. They did not anticipate the... Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, and so that's amazing in this day and age that a, a physical copy will completely sell out. So they've had to go through a second pressing of Oppenheimer, which made me happy, to tell you the truth, because it's so great to see people out there just still buying these discs, and uh, maybe it will make these studio heads rethink their positions, as in Disney, who's been sitting on their catalog and the 20th Century Fox catalog for the better part of several years now, for the most part. So, anyway, Oppenheimer uh, getting a release, and it uh, has some extras here. You get the story of our time, the making of Oppenheimer, meet the press Q&A panel to end all war, uh, and there are a few other things. This is a universal release, of course. And uh, so, anyway, uh, another release. This one, well, yeah, this one's from uh, Shout Factory. And uh, all of the Police Academy films have finally made their way to Blu-ray. Yay, yay, yay. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't have lived through the 80s without uh, no, being inundated with these at some point. But, so true. Uh, yeah, now the quality of them varies from, I mean, you know, you... You pays your money, you takes your chances, as the saying goes. And so there's, uh, <laughs> you know, with the Police Academy films, I, you know, we're not talking, the subtlety runs the gamut from A to B in these films. But, uh, you know, they are what they are. <laughs> and so I'm glad to have them. I really am. This is, They were previously available on a Blu-ray that was a, an, Im, an import. Uh, you had to import it from the UK, I believe. But these are new transfers, new 2K scans of the inner positives, and you get new featurettes with uh, and brand new interviews, including Paul, uh, the producer Paul Meslansky, uh, Neil Israel, and Pat Proft, who wrote uh, the films, some of them anyway. Actors Lance Kinsey and G.W. Bailey, uh, who's G.W. Bailey still among us, thank goodness. Composer Robert Folk, who did the music, uh, assistant director Roger Joseph. Pugliese, I think is how you, Pugliese, I'll get that out. <laughs> Directors Alan Meyerson and Peter Bonners, and you get a, a new commentary with uh, film historian Russ Dibble on number four, and you get the audio commentaries, archival commentaries with Steve Gutenberg, Michael Winslow, Liz, Leslie Easterbrook, and uh, on the original film, and uh, director Hugh Wilson, who's no longer among us, and Paul Mislansky, so... Uh, yeah, those are, I can't remember is Leslie Easterbrook. I think I want to say she's gone as well. I think I think she's no longer with us. Yeah, I think she's. But anyway, archival featurettes, additional scenes, theatrical trailers. Yeah, some of these uh, these cast members have uh, there's there's a few of them. Bubba Smith I know is no longer with us, and um, all the actor that played Tackleberry. I'm drawing a blank on his name, uh, but he's he's he died very early of a heart attack. So uh, yeah. 
I, I think Leslie is still with us. Is she? Very... Sorry, sorry, Leslie. <laughs> good. I'm glad. That's good. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. So, yeah, I was probably thinking of somebody else uh, from the cast who passed. But anyway, that's good. I'd rather her be with us. So <laughs> anyway, uh, so a couple more 4K upgrades here. The Fugitive has gotten a. Um, and this is interesting. It's a an, a, a an 8K scan is what I understand from the original negative for this new 4k release and this is uh you know the i guess an unexpected hit in 1993 harrison ford in his uh, the big screen uh version adaptation of the 60s television series this was a film that had a really troubled production history and uh, i don't even think the script was completed when they started shooting and they were kind of rewriting it on a daily basis, and it was just there was all kinds of last-minute recasting and directors leaving at the last minute, and it was just all kinds of chaos and tumult when they were making this film. And yet, it turned out to be as good as it was, and it is terrific. Right? Yeah, it just goes to show you that sometimes a chaotic uh, film shoot can actually result in a solid product. So, in uh, result, rather. So, uh, yeah, you get the uh, archival stuff. In terms of extras, like the introduction by the director, Andrew Davis, and Harrison Ford, the commentary by Andrew Davis, Tommy Lee Jones, and the featurettes, uh, exciting documentaries, uh, theatrical trailer, yada, yada, yada. Tommy Lee Jones, of course, winning an Oscar for this film. And, sure, yeah, yeah. Less said about that, the better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well. I love him in this movie. However, the Oscar, not so much. Yeah. yeah Great yeah. signs. Schindler's List. <laughs> yeah, I, t- I totally agree. Yeah, yeah, there were there was a, at least one or two more deserving uh, there, but uh, never. Adam, nevertheless, yeah, is oh. is this fugitive release the one with the really righteous looking cover? I mean, that is one of the best looking covers that I've seen for a 4K for an 8K for a steel book. Yeah, it's got like uh, different photos from the film. You've got uh, Tommy Lee Jones with his hands up, and you've got uh, Harrison Ford within his mugshot, and you've got him, uh, and then the clean-shaven picture, a photo of him as he's on the run, and, you know, so you've got, uh, yeah, there's uh, there's several different photos from the film. Uh, You know, I do like the original artwork. I sometimes wish they'd retained the original uh, poster artwork but you know it is it is not it's not bad you're right it's it's pretty good but yeah so um yeah the expendables for the i don't know how you pronounce it the expend four bulls i guess is how you, <laughs> it's the fourth expendables film <laughs> 4k uh has been issued with uh sylvester stallone this came and went i think in theaters within a week or two i think the the uh it was expendable. Yeah, that's right. That's what I was going to say. The expendables have expired in terms of uh, the bo- their <laughs> box office potential. So uh, I, I didn't see this one. I saw, I think I checked out after the second one. I was done. It's like, yeah, this was interesting. But I think Harrison Ford's in, what, the second or third one, I believe? Speaking of Harrison Ford, uh, I can't remember. He's in one of them. I know that. Uh, so anyway, Skylark 17, the classic World War II film uh, from director Billy Wilder with William Holden has been issued in 4K for the first time ever by Kino Lorber uh, so they've uh, you know there's some new extras there Mean Streets Martin Scorsese's Mean Streets turns 50 this year and it gets a 4K upgrade from Criterion with some new extras as well as some of the archival ones as well 
I hear there's a new color grade on this, and some people like it and some people don't. So I don't know. I have the original Blu-ray that was released by Warner Brothers, and I'm going to keep it for a while, I think, uh, just to be on the safe side. But, uh, yeah, uh, it has been... Uh, it has been issued. Farscape, the complete series, for anybody who's a fan of that, uh, that has been issued by Shop Factory. Uh, 6,075 minutes of it. <laughs> 22 discs. So, yeah, if you're a Farscape fan, uh, Blu-ray. I do, I do love that they put that out. I mean, it's not for me, but for the fans... That is awesome. Sure. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm right there with you. Yeah. Well, does anybody remember the TV movie Babes in Toyland from 1986, which uh, happened to star Drew Barrymore, Richard Mulligan, Eileen Brennan, Keanu Reeves, Jill Sholin, and uh, Googie Gress? <laughs> Directed by Clive Donner. <laughs> I did not remember this one at all. Do you remember that one? I don't. I don't. But... It has been issued on Blu-ray, courtesy of Kino Lorber. So, All right, Kino Lorber. I love you, Kino Lorber. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah. Anytime we get to see Richard Mulligan and Keanu Reeves and Drew Barrymore uh, as the top billing there, that's that's quite a <laughs> quite a combo, right? <laughs> it's obviously a Christmas-themed movie. So, yeah, we have two of the Burt. Now, I know you were going to say something. You were going to do a little continuation, a part two, as it were, of your Burt Reynolds. Oh, yeah. Thing. So we're getting to that right now because White Lightning and Gator have been issued by Kino Lorber. And uh, these have been issued before, but these are new editions with slip covers uh, that weren't available previously. And you get, uh, I think, new audio commentaries here. And there's a two-part. Uh, it's spread over both of these. These are separate editions, White Lightning and Gator. And uh, Back to the Bayou Part 1 is on the White Lightning disc, and Back to the Bayou Part 2 is on the second, on the uh, Gator disc. So it's like documentaries with uh, Burt Reynolds talking about these two films that spread over the two. So, yeah, if you're a fan of these southern fried action films, uh, Quentin Tarantino is a big fan of these, and he references them quite often. So White Lightning and Gator from Kino Lorber. So I'll let you take it from here. Oh, okay. Well, before I get into what my tenors were there, um, thinking about Gator reminded me of my first drive-in movie, which was Gator. <laughs> okay. oh, do nice. you remember, Adam, do you remember what your first drive-in movie was? Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, I hate to say it, we never went to the drive-in when I was a kid. I <gasps> always went to walk-in theaters. I always wanted to. I begged my dad to take me to see King Kong when it was on re-release in 77 at our drive-in. He just never did. He always wanted to go to the oh. walk-in theater. And I went to the drive-in when I got older, and I could drive myself. So right. So it, uh, it was, I gosh, I'm trying to think what it was. It would have been in probably the 90s before I actually got to a drive-in. But uh, It was Driving Miss Daisy or something. <laughs> it was a little bit probably beyond that. But, uh, yeah, I wish I'd had that experience as a kid. I would have loved it. So, anyway. Well, but I, I don't remember anything from the movie other than the fact that my first drive-in movie was Gator. Anyway, so back to my tenors and one tiny little story. So for White Lightning, which is the first mo first of the two movies, Reynolds rounds his patented ne'er dude well image into form. They say dude a lot in the movie. That's why. <laughs> yes, I, I have do to give you. That. I have to give you the in joke. Yes. And then for Gator, Gator bait. Reynolds versus Bro Reed and cats going on heist. So <laughs> the last time I was on, 
Um, I think I told the story of my English literature professor getting Burt Reynolds into acting. Yeah, that's right. And Burt Reynolds paid him back in his directorial debut, Gator, because Watson B. Duncan III has a cameo in this movie as an official, so it makes me pretty happy. Yeah, that's awesome. It really is. Yeah, that's, uh, that's that, that was a good story for anybody who uh, missed it. You can go back and listen to our, uh, I think it was our September Blu-ray roundup, I believe. So, uh, yeah, or maybe it was our August. I think we were covering August titles. But anyway, you'll find it. Just go back and look in the archives. <laughs> yes. And, uh, it's a good, it's worth your time. So, yeah, another Eric Romero film has been issued by Kino Lorber. Boy, they're pumping out the Eric Romero. There's three of them this month, and this is the, the second of the three shot quickly in and around Paris during a production break on The Green Ray, which is another Romero film. It's uh, uh, the exploits of two young women. Uh, one's an ethnology student from the city and the other an unsophisticated aspiring artist from the country. And it's called uh, The Four Adventures of Rynette and Mirabelle. And uh, this is, uh, I think this, I'm trying to see what year this was uh, released. Um, 1987. So, yeah. So, it's another Eric Romare film. You get a, uh, there's a commentary here uh, on this one as well. So, Bikini Beach was one of the beach party films starring Frankie and Annette. That's an MGM release uh, from 1964, getting a Blu-ray for the first time ever. And then, uh, I think this might be all of the, uh, we're moving down to the last day of the month, I believe. I don't think I've, uh, just want to make sure I haven't missed anything. Going, uh, going one more time. Okay, yep. We are down to November the 24th and the 28th. Yeah, so the 24th, Daryl from 1985 has been issued on 4K courtesy of Vinegar Syndrome. Did you ever see Daryl by any chance? Did you? I have not seen Daryl. Have you seen Daryl? <laughs> I did not. I have a cousin named Daryl, but I haven't seen the movie. <laughs> I've seen Newhart with my brother Daryl and my other brother Daryl. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yep. No, I, you know, I think this has a certain, uh, you know, fond remembrance by people of a certain age. I think I was a little too old to, I was 15 when this came out. I think I'd kind of aged out of what, what the film was offering, but, um, Anyway, the Prophecy, numbers one through three have been issued in a 4K set. This is a, Oh, you get uh, Christopher Walken and uh, Russell Wong here. I, I don't, I don't know if Christopher Walken. I think I know he's in the first one, but I don't know beyond that. But I didn't see any of these. Uh, never did. I, I don't remember the reviews weren't too great, but they do have a cult following, and there's a limited ten thousand copies of these being pressed on 4K. This set with all three of the prophecy films from Vinegar Syndrome. So anyway. Um, if you must have them, you better hurry. If they, unless they're they may be gone already, who knows? Uh, let's see. Fatal Games from 1984 is a, uh, or also called the Olympic Nightmare. It's another Vinegar Syndrome release. It's about a mad javelin thrower killing teenagers in the school. All promising athletes are executed in the most brutal way, especially naked girls in dressing rooms or saunas. So this is a. <laughs> <laughs> typical of that sort of thing that was going on around that time. So, I love that description. Doesn't yeah. that make you want to see that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Well, anyway. 
So, uh, and now we'll move on to the last day of the month. We're getting there, folks. We really are, I promise. So we have quite a uh, quite a number of uh, noteworthy titles here. Uh, WandaVision, the complete series, 4K. Uh, this is Disney has been kind of dormant and on their 4K releases. They've been really slow to put things out, but I think they realized that there were a lot of bootlegs floating around of some of their TV series, and so they've slowly started releasing their a TV series on 4K discs. And so WandaVision, the complete series 4K collector's edition has been issued from the company. And uh, I didn't see WandaVision. I didn't watch it. Uh, I'm kind of marveled out at this point. But um, I know a lot of people did. And a lot of people liked it. So what can I say? Did you happen to see WandaVision by any chance? I did, I'm in the marveled out department. <laughs> okay. I'm glad that uh, we can agree on that. <laughs> Yep. Well, we'll move along to Mother's Day from 1980. This is a another uh, Vinegar Syndrome release, getting a 4K release for the first time ever. Uh, loving sons always do what their mothers tell them to, even if it's to kill. Uh, that's the... <laughs> so. Oh my God! I I just want to see all these movies based on taglines. I know, right? Yeah. This is um. I remember when this came out. I remember seeing it in the video stores. I remember Leonard Malton giving it a terrible review. So I was. I didn't want to waste my money because back when we were teenagers, uh, a couple of dollars was a big deal. So it's like I don't want to waste my money on that if it's no good. So I never saw it. And I'd kind of like to just out of curiosity. But uh, anyway, so the Monster Squad has been issued by Kino Lorber in a terrific new 4K edition that also includes. The feature-length documentary that was released at Plague Film Festivals a couple of years ago called The Wolfman's Got Nards. So that's actually included as a bonus here on a separate Blu-ray. Yeah, and if you're a Monster Squad fan, you probably want to pick this up because it's, uh, you know, this is a beloved 80s film from Fred Decker who also did The Night of the Creeps. And so, um, yeah, he also, uh, I think, directed the third RoboCop film. Uh, we're call doing a call back to the previous discussion of RoboCop. He did, he directed RoboCop 3. So, um, yeah, the Monster Squad is, uh, you know, a bunch of teenagers uh, squaring off against uh, Frankenstein, the Mummy, and the Wolfman, all these classic monsters. And there's some funny goings on there. Uh, I I prefer uh, Night of the Creeps, actually, myself, but it has its charms. And so uh, I think if you were of the right age, you probably loved the Monster Squad. So, yep, and... Uh, we have the 1970 horror film Mark of the Devil, another Vinegar Syndrome release. Uh, it's about a witch finder played by Herbert Lom and his young apprentice played by Udo Kier traveling the countryside terrorizing people suspected of devil worship. And so, uh, yeah, Mark of the Devil from 1970. It's Vinegar Syndrome. Blood Sucking Freaks from 1976 is another Vinegar Syndrome release. I did make the mistake of renting this when I was about 15 <laughs> or 16 years old. And I remember it was revolting to me. It was just so disgusting when I was a teenager. I, I, I remember there was a scene in it where a guy stuck a straw on, type, on top of somebody's head and tried to suck their brains through the straw. And I, I turned it off at that point. I said, this is just, for a 15, 16-year-old me, it's like, okay, even I have my... I, I had my moments where I could, I've just had enough, so I can't do this. So I never saw it to, I never finished the film, as it were, so I don't know what happened after that. But uh, nevertheless, Bloodsucking Freaks is out there if you want it on 4K. And um, 
as is Rabid Grannies, which I'm not familiar with. It's another Vinegar Syndrome title. They put out some really uh, interesting uh, catalog titles. <laughs> so, Indeed. So we'll move along to some more familiar things. Uh, the next four titles here you'll know pretty well. Uh, the Naked Gun uh, from the Files of Police Squad getting a 35th anniversary edition. I can't believe we've this has been uh, 35 years. Since oh, my God. Released. Yeah, and this is uh, 4K for the first time ever. I don't think there are any new extras here, but you get the uh, archival commentary. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'm reading the new book uh, from uh, the, the Zucker, Abraham Zucker's team about the making of Airplane uh, concurrently with... Uh, as, as uh, Anyway, it's a terrific book. It is not just your uh, oral history of Airplane, it's a book about how they got from Madison, Wisconsin to Los Angeles to eventually making Airplane. It's a step-by-step guide on how to get a career when you're coming from nowhere. And uh, <laughs> it, it has all kinds of photos. They must have taken Polaroids or whatever of everything they did back in those days because there's so many amazing photos that you know people didn't take pictures like that back in those days. And so it's there are all these pictures from the early 70s of, from their archives that they include in there and all these reviews from when they were doing the Kentucky Fried Theater, which is how they got their start. And um, I think the thing that made me laugh the most, I laughed out loud. Uh, they talk about how they discovered Stephen Stucker, who would go on to play Johnny in uh, the airplane, and Jacob's in Airplane 2. Right. And then he also is in Kentucky Fried Movie. He's a stenographer, court stenographer. But they said he came in to audition as a piano player, and when he did, he got up, and at this point, Anne Margaret had fallen off the stage famous, infamously. Uh, she fell off the stage in 1972 in Las Vegas and fell on her face, and there was some talk that she might have damaged you know, her, her face, you know, because she, uh, she made her living off of her looks, you know, let's face it, her beauty. And so, uh, so they asked Stephen Stucker to give his audition as the piano player. And so he says, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's Anne Margaret. And he gets up and sings a song from Bye Bye Blackbird. Uh, Bye Bye, Bye Birdie. Birdie. I'm sorry, Bye Bye Birdie, <laughs> not Bye Bye Blackbird. I'm thinking of the song. Bye Bye Birdie. He gets up and sings a song from Bye Bye Birdie, which she's in, of course. And then he just Thank suddenly you. jumps off the stage into face first into the floor. And he goes, and her <laughs> husband was Roger Smith, the, the actor. And, she, and, and you can hear Stephen Stucker saying, Roger, Roger, oh my God, my face, my face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a treasure yeah and so that's how they discovered Stephen Stucker uh, I just laughed I was reading that book and I laughed out loud that's my sense of humor just, you know and I thought what a funny guy that's how they discovered him he came into audition as a piano player and he just they said they knew they had struck gold when they found him and so he yeah, love it I do too anyway so we'll move on to Black Hat from my, uh, 2015. This is Michael Mann, the, uh, of course, famous director of Heat and Thief. And uh, this was uh, not one of his most well-reviewed efforts. And it's uh, it's about a, um, you know, a, 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 a safe uh, cracker or something, I think it is. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a man released from prison to help American and Chinese authorities uh, pursue a cyber criminal. And, of course, it stars Chris Hemsworth from the Marvel films. And uh, it's getting a direct, it's being issued in both a director's cut and a theatrical cut. And it's 4K, Ultra HD limited edition from Arrow. And Tales from the Dark Side, the movie, being issued by Shout, or rather Screen Factory, in a 4K Ultra HD upgrade. Um, this is previously, they've issued this on Blu-ray, and 
this was a mixed bag for me. I uh, yeah, I think, Leia. Leia yeah. said the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it's you know the Tales from the Dark Side was pretty good for the first couple of uh, maybe the first season, and after that it really kind of fell off in terms of quality. So uh, a theatrical version of that was not you know necessarily anything that I was clamoring for. But anyway, uh, but this next title, however, is something that uh, is. Definitely noteworthy in terms of uh, the technical quality on the disc is uh, Barbarella. It has been released in 4K. Uh, Roger Vadim's 1968 adaptation of the comic strip uh, character uh, starring his then-wife, Jane Fonda. And the version that has been issued previously on video has... Uh, it, there have been some snippets of nudity removed. This is the original 1968 version that played in theaters complete with all the nudity intact. So if you've ever wanted to see a completely uncut version and it's been scanned into 4K from the original uh, negative. Uh, it's a glorious uh, transfer of this film. Of course, the, the uh, also noteworthy because the group Duran Duran got their name from a character in the film, right? Right. So, uh, we all know about that, and there's some lots of new extras here. This is a limited edition, so you want to get it while you can because it's going to go out of print pretty quick. And it's got uh, the original, it's got reversible artwork. You get the original poster art on the reverse. So Barbarella being issued in 4K for the first time ever on Aero Video. And Tremors 2, Aftershocks, also getting a 4K release from Aero. And uh, this is, uh, uh, you know, Fred, Fred Ward returning to the Tremors fold, minus Kevin Bacon, who was in the first film. <laughs> this, uh, this went to direct-to-video, I think, originally. They, Universal had this thing where they were releasing all these direct-to-video sequels like The Dark Man 2 and 3 and uh, mm -hmm. Tremors 2 and 3, and this was one of those, so, uh, yeah. But uh, nevertheless, a 4K release has been issued with some new extras, and I know there are Tremors fans out there who like them all, so there you go. Uh, Love Actually getting a 4K 30th... Uh, I'm sorry, 20th anniversary release. Just uh, no new extras, I don't think, but uh, some new uh, a new transfer of the film. And it is a uh, a beloved Christmas film by a lot of people, and I have a fondness for it, too. I mean, there's some detractors, but come on. I mean, there's a lot to like in this movie. It's it, it you know it's not, not perfect, but there's just a lot of sentiment and heart there that I like and appeals to me. So, you know, what can you say? Um, the... Uh, Remake of Death Wish from 2018 with uh, Bruce Willis, uh, directed by Eli Roth, which was uh, something I had high expectations for and was really disappointed with. <laughs> it's just kind of a bland, you know, redo of Death Wish, but uh, Shout Factory has issued it in 4K. And uh, The Last Tycoon, starring Robert De Niro, which is based on the uh, unfinished final novel from F. Scott Fitzgerald. Uh, and it's loosely based on the life and times of um, Irving Thalberg, who was the uh, the head of MGM's production in the 30s, and he died of a heart attack. He worked himself to death, literally, and died in 1937. Uh, and so this is uh, a brand-new HD master from 4K scan of the 35-millimeter camera negative. This is the only time that Robert De Niro and Jack Nicholson have appeared on camera uh, in their careers uh, and they're in this film together. They have a scene uh, that's pretty good in the film. Tony Curtis, Robert Mitchum, John Moreau, uh, Donald Pleasance, Ray Milan, Dana Andrews also in this film, and uh, directed by Elia Kazan, who uh, later admitted that this was a film that he took just for the paycheck because his career was kind of on the, the downward spiral at that point. And it turned out to be his last film. 
So, uh, and screenplay by Harold Painter. So, you know, it's uh, it's it's not really all that good. I hate to say it. Uh, the transfer is great. The te- you know, the technical specs on the disc. Uh, if you're a fan of the movie, but for me, it just kind of leaves me cold. And um, another film that uh, is well reviewed that uh, has always kind of left me cold. I don't know if you've seen this or how you feel about The Conformist from Bernardo Bertolucci, which is essentially um, Jean-Louis Trignant, uh, Trintignant, I'll get it out. Uh, he plays a uh, closeted gay man who wants to join the, uh, uh, the, the um, wants to become a fascist so that uh, a follower of Mussolini and so that he is, his uh, homosexuality might not be exposed and He's sent on an assassination mission to assassinate his former college professor. And, uh, you know, uh, in the final act, there are a few powerful moments, but there's just so so much um, uh, flashing backwards and forwards that I feel is unnecessary. And it, I find the film somewhat inscrutable, even though the incredible uh, cinematography by Vittorio Storario, Storaro, Vittorio Storaro is uh, quite lovely to behold. But uh, The Conformist is uh, just a film that has always left me cold, and I've tried it again this time. And the new transfer is a 4K restoration from Raro Video uh, in collaboration with Kino Lorber. And it's, uh, you know, it's it's it looks good. And if you're a fan, you're going to love it. But uh, And I wish I could love this movie. I want to. But it just, maybe a third viewing would do it for me. But The Conformist has just not, uh, it's just not for me. Uh, I guess I'm not that guy. Maybe, maybe I'm just too intellectually uh, shallow to appreciate it. Maybe that's what it is. And maybe I should just come clean. So <laughs> I don't think that's it. But but I know what you mean. There are those films that you want to love so much and you just don't. But it's it's good to hear how how glorious the picture looks. Yeah, it does. It's terrific. I, I, that part of it I I didn't have a problem with. So uh, Monk, the complete first season, has been issued by Kino Lorber as well with new transfers of all the episodes of the first season and a lot of fans of Monk. Who uh, and there's new commentaries there. Uh, Valmont, which is a, a later career entry uh, for Milos Forman from 1989, kind of his redo of um, Dangerous Liaisons, right? Yes, uh, yes, that's right. And and Leia has a tenor. Okay, I'm um, queuing up for for when you finish the description of this movie. Oh, I was just going to say the cast is uh, really amazing here. You've got Colin Firth and uh, Fruza Balk and Sean Phillips and Jeffrey Jones and Henry Thomas. And uh, like I said, uh, Milos Foreman, always a capable director. Um, and Annette Benning. Yes, Annette Benning. I'm glad and you brought Mac that up. Tilly and Tilly. And... Yes, yes, yes. Those are uh, ones that uh, aren't normally mentioned in conjunction with this film. But yeah, I think uh, in some ways it's... Uh, it's as good as Dangerous Liaisons, the other one. I don't know what your feelings are, but we'll we'll find out. I I agree, um, and I'll give you Leia's tenor on it. She, I think she likes it better than Dangerous Liaisons. Okay. She says, Firth's charm, Benning's effervescence, disguise this dueling duo's dark hearts. Great, I love it. I love it. Yeah, that uh, that's that's a good summation, I would say. Right on yeah, she, the money. She really lo- she really loves that one. And I do too. I'm um they're different the style is different. That's what's so amazing about the movies. I mean, it's the same premise with the same story being told totally in a totally different way, making you feel totally differently. Yeah. Love it. That's true. That's that's very true. 
Yeah, so uh, The Carpetbaggers from 1964. This is starring George, uh, George Pappard. And uh, I think Carol Baker's in this too. It's a, a thinly veiled version of uh, the, uh, the life and times of Howard Hughes when he was a movie mogul in the 1930s. And uh, like I said, this was uh, shot in glorious Panavision. Kino Lorber releasing this from, with a new scan of the film. And I uh, didn't get a review copy of this, but I would certainly like to watch it again. It's been a long time. So uh, hopefully uh, we'll get to catch up with it. Maybe I'll pick it up at a sale. So anyway, uh, Holes from Disney, 2003, getting a, a 20th anniversary edition. My kids were of that right age when this came out. They were big, big fans of it. Watched it on endless uh, repeats. And Aww. they still think of it fondly. So uh, they're, my kids are not kids anymore. They're, they're adults, <laughs> obviously, but they still think of Holes very fondly. And so uh, it was... It hit their sweet spot, so when I, but uh, I'm glad. And Sigourney Weaver in this, of course, uh, based on a popular children's novel, or a young adult novel. I'm not sure which, but anyway, uh, the Emerald Forest. John Borman's The Emerald Forest from 1985. This uh, starring uh, the son, the uh, director's son as well, uh, Charlie Borman, and uh, basically you've got Powers Booth, the great Powers Booth, who's on a mission to find his son in the uh, South American rainforests or whatever. So. Uh, yeah, I remember seeing this when it came out and haven't seen it maybe once since then. I don't know, but it's uh, I remember it being uh, quite quite good. Maybe not as good as his previous works with uh, Deliverance and Point Blank, but certainly certainly better than The Exorcist 2. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, maybe you know, ex- and then there's Excalibur, of course, he did. So, uh, you know, those they, uh, hit and miss career and Zardoz. So, I mean, who who doesn't love seeing uh, Sean Connery in a loincloth, so anyway. Yeah. <laughs> With a ponytail. Um, yeah. Boyfriends and Girlfriends is a uh, Eric Romero film, uh, which is basically about the romantic misadventures of two girlfriends in the Paris suburbs who basically are in love with each other's boyfriends, but neither knows it. And so uh, it's uh, a charming little film. Like I said, again, Eric Romero doing what he does best with uh, lots of insightful dialogue and uh, you know, so um, boyfriends and girlfriends, and then we have uh, another of the. They've been putting out these. Uh, this director Beth B and her films, and uh, they, uh, Kino Lorber has issued another one, Salvation, which is about a laid-off factory worker played by Viggo Mortensen, who enlists the aid of his sister-in-law to abduct and blackmail a sex-obsessed TV minister played by Stephen McCaddy. So, uh, like I said, uh, Beth V was known for her previous film, Two Small Bodies, which had Susie Amis in it and Fred Ward. And uh, so I didn't get a chance to check this one out, but uh, I I very much want to. And it's only 79 minutes, so you won't be putting a whole lot of uh, investment of time in there. So uh, Kino Lorber releasing, as I said, a new interview with the director, Q&A with the director, and a music video. So Salvation. And there's a new document. Well, it's not a new documentary, but it's new to Blu-ray. A documentary on the life and times of the uh, the uh, one of the brothers Warner, as it were, as it were, the uh, the head of Warner Brothers, Jack L. Warner. After his brothers left the company, he continued on, and so there. It's Jack L. Warner, the last mogul, which is a uh, 1993 documentary that's been remastered from Vision Films. So if you want to know about the uh, the man who who created uh, Warner Brother or kept Warner Brothers going throughout the years, that's uh, that is available for your viewing pleasure. And the Sandlot, 
uh, has been issued from 1993. That has been issued by the Disney Movie Club, which is a, they have a club where you can, uh, it's kind of like the Columbia Record House where you pay, you buy so many uh, <laughs> or whatever. And, but a lot of times you can only get their product through this movie club, which is crazy. Like their version of uh, the Blu-ray version of the Black Hole, you can't buy it in stores. You have to go to the Disney Movie Club to get it. So anyway, so that's, if you want the Sandlot and you want the Blu-ray version of it, you got to go through the Disney Movie Club, which you can Google and find out all about that online. So I guess, uh, and I think uh, that pretty much takes care of all of the Blu-ray releases for the month of November. Woo! So there you go. So we'd like to thank our guest, uh, Paige Schechter, for coming on again. You're, uh, it's always a pleasure having you on. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be looking forward to more of the 10-word reviews that you thank you so much yeah on uh, sibling cinema so everybody everybody find sibling cinema and like and uh comment and give it good reviews and all that stuff that you do and because uh, it's 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 a uh it, it's it, it is a great little uh, page to go to and a great uh, thing to look up if you're on twitter or facebook or whatever just just find it it's worth your time thank you adam mm-hmm.